Summer is right around the corner, so everybody wants to get lean. I'm also in that same boat, but I'm losing a bit of fat for my upcoming Ironman. But the same rules still apply. Now, this video is to help give some structure to your nutrition and give you a bit of an idea of how to get yourself leaner. So I'm gonna divide the video up into four main categories. We've got fat loss without tracking, fat loss with tracking, lifting and supplements and sleep. So let's get straight into the first section. Weight loss occurs when we eat less calories than we burn in a day. Now this is called a calorie deficit. The rate of weight loss you should aim to lose depends on how much weight you have to lose. Somebody with a bit more body fat can lose up to 1.5% of the body weight per week whereas someone who is leaner should aim to lose 0.5% of their body weight per week. So for most people, around 1% should be a good round number. So how can we be sure that we're losing weight at this rate? Using a weighing scale daily or even a few times per week is a great way of tracking your weight. The most ideal time to weigh yourself is in the morning, as our body weight fluctuates during different parts of the day. Weighing should take place after using a toilet and wearing minimal clothing. Now, this just helps to keep your results really accurate. So now we know how weight loss works, what are the best ways to burn calories? Low intensity, steady state cardio, or LIS cardio, is best for preserving the muscle that you currently have in your body. LIS cardio could be as simple as an easy effort on the bike, or just a walk. Now, fasted cardio doesn't actually impact fat loss any more than fed cardio does, it's just your personal preference. Lifting weights shouldn't also be used as a form of cardio. You don't burn too many calories weightlifting, you're better off sticking to dedicated cardio for burning those calories off. So, how can we eat less calories without tracking? Let me say this first, tracking calories is by far the easiest way to lose fat. Even if you just track for a couple of weeks, you can gain a massive insight into the contents of foods. However, in this section, we're talking about not tracking, so let's get into the first tip. Eating a low calorie, high volume food diet. This is a great way of preventing hunger and reducing overeating. Foods like egg whites, chicken breast, and Greek yogurt are all great examples. Now if you notice how all these foods are sources of protein, this is because protein is the most filling macronutrient, topping carbs and fats. Using protein to your advantage is essential for getting lean, but how much protein should we be eating? A general rule of thumb is that if you're weight training, you should strive to eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight. For example, a 180 pound male should eat roughly 180 grams of protein daily. It's really that simple. But how can we possibly know how much this is if we're not even tracking calories? First, let's take a look at some foods that are relatively high in protein. If we look at the table, we can see that one of the most high protein foods to eat is chicken breast. If we look near the bottom of the list, we can see chicken thigh, offering seven grams of protein for the same amount of calories. Now notice the actual weight of the two. The chicken breast is 60 grams heavier, so you're getting a higher volume, resulting in more fullness. And the same also applies to a lot of meats. 
like the lean mints and the high fat mints. Jumping up the list, we can see that in order to get nearly the half the amount of protein from egg whites, we need two whole eggs. Now this is still good, and whole eggs are a great breakfast option, but if we're looking for a better use of calories, egg whites are definitely the way to go. Another great tip is to swap out some of your carbs for a bit more vegetables or even fruit. Carb sources like rice and pasta can soon add up and leave you with smaller portion sizes. If we remove some of these carbs and replace them with vegetables, we're adding a lot more volume to our plate. I like to swap around half my carbs with vegetables when I'm cutting as a good rule of thumb. This can also help to get back some missing nutrients that we might lose when being in a deficit. I'll quickly summarise everything I've just said alongside a few extra tips in these next few bullet points. You must be in a calorie deficit to lose weight. Aim to lose 0.5 to 1.5% of your body weight per week at maximum. Weigh yourself regularly, around three times per week is helpful. List cardio is best for preserving muscle. You should eat one gram of protein per pound of body weight. You should swap some of your carbs for more veggies or fruit where possible. Eat a source of protein at each meal. Eat three to five meals daily to make required protein easier to hit. Now you don't have to do this, but it helps out a lot. Total daily protein intake is what really matters. Limit snacking, full meals are better for fullness. Don't restrict any foods, just eat everything, but obviously in moderation if you want that long-term success. Try to reduce your liquid calories and eating out less always helps. If you're looking to lose weight effectively, this is by far the best way. Don't get me wrong, weight can still be lost without tracking. I've actually lost five kilograms personally just by following the tips that I shared in the first section. All those same tips apply when tracking calories too. You just get the added benefit of knowing exactly what's going into your body. To determine how many calories we need to lose weight, I like to use this five-step method. I'll also leave it as a PDF in the description if you'd like to lead through it a bit more thoroughly. All right, step one. Weigh yourself in the morning after using a toilet wearing minimal clothing and record the result. Let's just do a running example and say I weigh 80 kilos. Step two, track calories for two weeks. Don't change your diet, just track your intake and eat as you normally would. Ensure to track everything that passes your lips. Oils, drinks, everything. I like to use an app called My Fitness Pal for this. I'll leave a link in the description where you can download this and I'll also leave a guide on how to use it. Step three, pick a rounded number somewhere in between all the calorie intakes you recorded over the last two weeks. This is going to be your average calorie intake. Let's just say that these are my intakes from the past two weeks, so 2,500 is going to be somewhere around my average. Step four, weigh yourself using the same method as we used in step one. If your weight has gone up or stayed the same, drop your calorie intake by 100 calories. If your weight is decreased, then you're on the right path, you don't need to change anything. Let's say my weight is now 81 kilos after two weeks, so I've gained one kilo. I'm now going to drop my calories from 2,500 to 2,400 to attempt to create a deficit. 
after another week, I'll reassess my weight and I'll see if I need to adjust my calories again. You should keep dropping calories weekly until you are finally losing some weight. Step five, now we can fine tune your calorie intake. Remember that we want to lose 0.5 to 1% of your body weight per week. We want to keep dropping our calories each week until our weight loss is in that range. Using the example again, let's say that I lost 0.8 kilos last week. This would mean that I lost 1% of my body weight. If I had lost a bit more than that, I'd bump my calories up just by 50 to 100, just to ensure I'm not losing it too quickly. This is because you can actually end up losing muscle if your weight's lost too quick. And that's exactly what we don't want to do. All right, in section three, we're gonna talk about lifting. Weightlifting helps to preserve as much muscle as we can as we get leaner. Muscle actually requires extra energy in the form of calories to be kept on the body. When depriving yourself of calories, your body's natural instinct is to remove the muscle and reduce your total calorie requirements. To combat this, we need to be training for muscle growth and strength, so neither are lost. This is achieved by having a high protein intake. Without protein, our bodies can't grow from the work that we're doing in the gym. Progressive overload is another important factor. This is the gradual increase of an activity's intensity. It's essential for growing muscle, whether you're seeking fat loss or not. It allows for our bodies to adapt and grow when given a harder training stimulus. Using progressive overload to preserve muscle can give you that really dialed in lean look. A great way to create progressive overload is to slowly decrease your weekly RIR. First, let's define RIR. This is your reps in reserve, meaning how many reps you have left in the tank. RIR is actually the same as another term you may have come across, this is RPE. This is relative perceived exertion, basically how hard the last set was. The two have a lot in common, RPE and RIR both operate in a scale of zero to 10. If you're at an RPE of 10, your RIR is zero because you have zero reps in the tank, as it was such a difficult set. If we're at an RP of nine, our RIR is one because we have one rep left in the tank, and so on. I prefer to use RIR as I feel I can estimate it more accurately in my lifts. I usually think to myself, how many reps could I do right now if I had a gun to my head? This is so I'm being as honest as possible, providing the most accurate results. So how can we apply RAR to your training for effective progressive overload? Let's take a look at a four week training cycle as an example. Each week should build in intensity until we reach the fourth week. Then we take a deload. Deloads are great for recovery. I like to cut the weight in half so I can use it as a technique week to dial in my form. But you can also drop the sets or reps in half. Deloads should really be saved for another video as there's a lot to explain. I'll cut it short and say that if you've been lifting for over two years, you should use them. If your training age is less than two years, there's not really any need to deload. Just keep focusing on progressive overload week to week. The way we overload is as simple as decreasing the RIR by one each week. We should always train with an RIR equal to or lower than three. This is so we're training close enough to failure that our muscles can adapt. If it's any lower, a less efficient amount of progress will be made. Now, all the other areas of training should be kept within usual guidelines. 
using a combination of compound movements like the deadlift, squat and bench press, and isolation movements like bicep curls and tricep pushdowns for variation. Aim to increase intensity in your compound lifts using RIR and you'll be sure to hold on to your muscle. Each muscle group should be trained twice per week. This allows a selected muscle group to recover and adapt with enough rest to be ready for its next session. A good split to hit all these muscle groups twice per week is push-pull legs. If you're short on time, an upper-lower split may be more beneficial. Four sessions weekly is really though the lower limit when you have a deficit and trying to hold on to as much muscle as you can. This just ensures that you're getting in all the volume necessary. Tracking your lifts is also a great way to drive progressive overload. I like to track my workouts on a spreadsheet so it's easily accessible every time I'm in the gym. I'll link the exact spreadsheet I use down in the description. Again, I'll summarize all key points for this section. A high protein intake, one gram per pound of body weight. Progressive overload using RAR or RPE. A mix of compound and isolation movements are great for building muscle. Train each muscle group twice per week use either push-pull legs or an upper-lower split as examples. Four sessions per week at minimum for maximum muscle growth and you should track your progress. I've left that spreadsheet down in the description again. Okay, in this last section, we're looking at sleep and supplements. Firstly, let's talk about the importance of sleep using this 2018 study which looked at how sleep restriction affected weight loss. Now the results were simple. Those who lost one hour of sleep on weekdays lost less fat compared to those who got an extra hour of sleep despite a similar amount of weight loss. From this study we can see that sleep restriction has the power to affect body composition negatively. In other words, just make sure you're getting that eight hours in. Here are some tips then for getting those eight hours. Avoid screens one hour before bed and use nighttime mode on all your devices. Try not to have caffeine after 2pm because caffeine's got a half-life effect. I'll leave a link to a video that better describes all of that up here. A cool, dark and quiet room and reduce liquid calorie intake two hours before bed. Now let's take a look at supplements. I'll make this quick because it's not the be-all end-all when it comes to weight loss. Most of these fat burning tablets you'll see are quite frankly a load of rubbish. Creatine is great for strength performance. Protein is useful and convenient if you feel you haven't already got enough protein in your day. And let's talk about weighing casein while we're here. Casein is better for morning and night as it's slower digesting and weighs basically better for any other time. Multivitamins can be helpful because we may not be getting in all the required nutrients due to the deficit. So I hope you all enjoyed this video. I know there's quite a lot to take in, but I managed to try my best and condense everything into a little video. Not little, it's 20 minutes. But remember, all the links are down in the description if you need any. If you want me to do a bulking version of this video, I'd happily do that. Just let me know down in the comments. And don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. I'll see you in the next one.